Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Greetings, Christmas aficionados, and welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that lives to keep Christmas, to treat every day like it's Christmas all year long. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm confused about what happened to our intro there. <laughs> I'm, so used to, I'm so used to knowing what you're going to say, and I mouth along with you, and here I'm just left alone. You know, 2020 has become such a, everything's just melded together into one long day. There's no concept of time anymore. I figured to change it up where I could. It was beautiful. It was poetic. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. How are y'all doing? I feel like it's been a long time since we haven't had a guest on the show. It's felt like that. We have lots of really fun friends, but sometimes it's nice to just reconnect with you guys. It's like, it's like a night in with the fam, right? It is. That's exactly what it feels like. It's Prime Day. Did you get anything at Prime Day today? No. I didn't see anything I wanted enough. What did you get, Julia? Well, a lot of stuff I can't talk about in case my kids decide to listen to this episode. But I got a fair amount of Christmas shopping done for my kids. All right, oh, I'll I did, stay and on I... a little late after the uh, episode's done recording. I'm curious. There we go. Well, I know my um, I know my grandmother will not be listening, or Marty's grandmother will not be listening to this episode because that would take technology. She is incapable of figuring out, and which is fine. But we got her one of those um, digital picture frames where you can just email pictures to it, and they can run on a loop. Aww. So. We're going to set it up in her house and everybody can email all their kid pictures and she can just enjoy them all day long. Julia's going to come on the show next week and say, Grandma figured out the podcast this week. (laughs) And of course, it's a week I talked about her gift. (laughs) Oh, boy. Did you get any any good finds, um, Tom? Uh, We bought some new outdoor cameras. But I, overall, I was pretty disappointed in Prime Day. Yeah. Too. There's some fun well, stuff. The- Did you see all the $5 Funko Pops on Target's? No. Version? Yeah, they have a bunch of $5 pop, popco, or Funko Pops hmm. on their deal days. Also, if you all need headphones, they're having stupid, ridiculous good deals on headphones at Target. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. Did either of y'all start watching The Haunting of Bly Manor this yes. week, past week? How far terrible. did you get, Julia? Um, so last time we talked, which was just earlier today, I was just starting the fourth episode. Now okay. I'm towards the end of the fourth episode. <laughs> I didn't make near <laughs> as much traction as I wanted to. But as soon as we're done tonight, guess what I'm going to be doing? <laughs> watching some episodes. Um, I think... I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I can't wait to 
eventually do a Patreon episode on it because I had the feelings. Yeah. I'm on you my second rewatch because Sarah didn't watch it with me the first time because I just wanted yeah. to blow through it. So now she's watching it at a slower pace, which I'm like, huh? that's good for me. Like more nuance. Like I can take my time yeah, with that's- it when you can start dissecting it and yeah and i'm de- i'm definitely picking up on loose things <laughs> that confused yeah. me the first time around yep <clears throat> okay okay it's funny because i feel like if you're walking into blind manor not having watched the first season you probably won't watch it with such a keen eye but having watched the first season and talked about all of the hidden you know things in the first season like I'm looking for them in the second season and I'm finding them. So you're Getting catching those. more earlier based on your experience with the first one? Yeah, it's like I know his formula, cool. right? You know, when you meet somebody and you know their, get to know their tastes and their all that stuff, like I feel like I got a little handle on it, so. Did Ryan Murphy do this one too? At Ryan Murphy, it's Michael Flanagan? Flanagan? I, think he, Michael. I think he was trolling us. Were you trolling us? Oh, I don't watch, does Ryan Murphy do the? American Horror Story. Yeah, I don't watch those, I'm sorry. That joke was not intended for me, I don't think. No, (laughs) it it, it hit home where I wanted it to. (laughs) Which is trolling Anthony, Anthony's the Tom's favorite subject. (laughs) That should be American Horror Story season 13. American Horror Story, the the trolling trolling of of Anthony. They're on season 13? They're up there. I think they're maybe on 10 now. I don't know. I gave up after a while. Oh, how It's just... It's I, I gave up enough. after Jessica Lang left the show because she was awesome. She made that show for me. It just didn't do it for me. I liked the house on... The first the season. Of yeah, Hill, the house the haunting of Hill House. Yeah. The haunting of Hill House. Way more than any season of American Horror Story. Oh, 100%. It's just deeper. I really like Bly Manor, though, Julia, just so you know. And I'm enjoying okay. it more my second time after I have a grasp on the story. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. Yep. I think for season three, they should do a Christmas carol. Like, call it <gasps> The Haunting of Ebenezer Scrooge and do, like, a beautiful... Like, think how good Mike Flanagan's writing and direction is. Like, you could totally do oh, something. It would be it would be the ghost story that it deserves to be. Mm-hmm. While still feeling, I mean, I'll say this, and it's not spoilery. I think Bly Manor stuck the landing like Hill House, and I was just as emotional with the ending of Bly Manor. So mm-hmm. I would love to see him handle the end of a, a Christmas uh, Carol, because I bet oh, I would you know love to see that. Yeah, I would love to see that. What a great idea! Thank you. So if anyone knows Mike Flanagan, tell him to hit up to the podcast. Yeah, plant that seed. I really regret waiting so long to get a Nintendo Switch, y'all. Oh, are you enjoying it? You're really loving it, aren't you? (laughs) It's amazing. I play, we have 30 minutes a day that Ellie and I get to play Switch. When are you and I going to have our Mario Kart tournament? (laughs) I don't have Mario Kart. (laughs) You need, oh, get Christine to get it for you for Christmas or something. I'll just, um, I've been playing, Ellie and I have been playing Lego Harry Potter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, she's terrible. But every time anything cool happens, she's like, oh, did I do that? Yes, baby, you did. Oh, I'm just so good at this game. <laughs> this is so cute. <laughs> well, no, it's really cute that she did tonight. We were getting ready for bed, and she said she wanted to sing the uh, the Partridge song, which is, you know, 12 Days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go through the whole thing, so I just start at five golden rings and go from there like, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens. And she just belted out, 
two purple doves and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'll never hear that song the same. Don't the, don't you just love how those things stick with you that your kids say, Julia? It's just like yes. warm your heart. Yes. Oh. So it's funny not to kick it back to Haunting of Hill House. Um, this week, every time Jude has spoken, because he's really gotten to that age where he's like stringing big long sentences together and it's super cute and precious. He sounds just like Luke from the Haunting of Hill House when Luke is a kid. Oh. I mean, just like him. He was talking the other night and I'm like, that's almost creepy. But really that's adorable. I mean, Jude is just as adorable as him too, like from the picture. So wait, so I have a question for you before we move on, since you brought it back yeah. a bit. Do you find Flora, the girl who plays Flora, voice of Peppa Pig, to be a cute child? Or do you find her annoying? Sarah can't stand her. Sarah finds her really annoying. I think she's and, like, cute and precious. Creepy. I think she's adorable. Yeah. I mean, definitely creepy. Creepy child vibes. Yeah. But... I mean, it's it's definitely creepy, but she's she's really cute. And early. Yeah, she's cute. She doesn't... Might you say, Might you say she's perfectly splendid? Yes, and I can't. It's Peppa Pig. She's Peppa Pig. Oh man, it's gonna shed a whole new light when I go back to watching tonight. <laughs> <laughs> While you're watching so, the target, the target sale did have what did have uh, the, the target days field days has uh, Trolls World tour on sale for you, Julia. Oh, we'll be sure and buy it and then throw it in the trash can. Just for you, Tom. <laughs> You know what I want to throw in the trash can, y'all? <laughs> I know what you want to throw that in the trash was, can. That was a perfect segue. Great job, Tom. <laughs> tonight, <laughs> tonight, we are covering the made-for-television 1996 Christmas film, The Munster's Scary Little Christmas, which was a sequel to the 1995 television film, Here Comes the Munsters. Why do we watch the sequel first? Here Comes the Monsters wasn't a Christmas film. This is... Oh, gotcha. Okay, never mind. <laughs> we're, we're staying on brand, right, y'all? I mean, completely different cast, which we'll get to when we talk about the cast, why they replace them, but... So, quick synopsis. Herman, Lily, and the others try to recreate a Transylvanian holiday for homesick Eddie. Poor Eddie. So, histories with... Not just this movie, but the Munsters in general. So I remember watching the Munsters and the Adams Family on Naked Night. So it was the one channel everybody could agree upon when I went to Grandma's house in Arkansas. Um, and I think I remember my dad liked the Munsters, and my uncle, so my dad's brother, liked the Adams Family better. So it wasn't really a rivalry, but it definitely kind of pegs their comedy 
tastes. So I liked both of them. Um, I always like the Adams family a little more than the Munsters, um, just because they're a little less goofy. And I thought Morticia was just freaking fabulous and I really loved her. Um, but I mean, I like the Munsters. I could definitely watch it. it of all the things that came on Nick at Night, it was one of my favorites. Um, so definitely Iconic watched it as a song. kid. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely yeah. is. Um, one thing they got right in this movie. They did get that right. Um, so I liked it. Um, this movie, never heard of it, never seen it, and never again. <laughs> never. So what's your history, Tom? I grew up watching, like you, uh, Nick at Night. It was a great show. We'd see, you know, the ones I really remember are Mary Taylor Moore, Bewitched, and uh, Monsters and Adam's Family. And... I loved all those shows. They were amazing. The Munsters was all the Munsters and Adam's Family were always ones I really liked a lot. They were so imaginative and funny the way they dealt with, uh, you know. Now things I see is a little more mature, like you know, oh, I don't know, death and reanimating of corpses. But um, I was always a fan. I liked them a lot. The humor. I loved Grandpa always. Yes. He was my favorite. He was my favorite. So I was excited about this because I, like you, Julie, had never heard of it. Some part of my brain should have, you know, there should have been an alarm. Ding, ding, ding. There's a reason you never heard of this before we watched it. But that part didn't kick into gear. And so I went into this excited. And I would say I made it about two minutes before my mind was made up. And there was not a point at all during the entire movie where my uh, assumption that this sucked was challenged. Anthony, how about you? <laughs> So I'm going to third what you guys said. I grew up on Nick at Night. Um, the ones I remember watching were the Monsters, the Addams Family, Bewitched, Adrian Genie, and Brady Bunch of Gilgan's Island. Those are my group right there, the six of them. And uh, I always love the Monsters. They're always one of my favorites. And when you think about it, the Monsters and the Addams Family are the same exact show, right? They're just the inverse of each other. Whereas the Addams Family look normal, they're complete sociopaths when you get to know them. And while the mm -hmm. Munsters look abnormal, they're your typical 60s family, right? And I always preferred the Munsters a little bit, just for that family comedy. They were a little more normal loving to me. Not that the Addams Family wasn't a loving, loving family. It was just oh, the they were loving. They were loving. Yes, there was a the lot Munsters. of loving happening there. <laughs> the Munsters were less sociopathic. Let's say that, and I appreciated that. I always preferred the Monsters over the Addams Family. I like both. I also preferred I Dream of Genie over Bewitched, for the record. But um, that's wrong. Wait, what? I'm super strong. I have really strong feelings about Bewitched versus I Dream of Genie. By the way. Oh, I loved I Dream of Genie. We can't even hum in unison. It sounded in unison on my end. <laughs> not on mine <laughs> so um i always felt bad as uh the years went by and i grew older that the adams family got gets all the modern love because the monsters mm -hmm. deserve it just as much and i think the adams family got that second life from the movies right future 100 and Christina i always reach as wednesday perfect casting christopher lloyd was the Fester. The, yeah. Oh, every that, role is good. In every that role. In that yeah. Movie. But those two were so strong. And and the the modern take on it, where Wednesday and Pugsley are you know borderline killing each other every other scene, mm -hmm. was and, just a funny way of dealing with siblings, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and I feel like the monsters deserve their due. I've always felt that. So I had never, I heard, well, I heard of this movie for the first time in middle school. And that's when ABC Family at the time, now Freeform, started playing it. So I caught out ABC Family one year and uh, not my monsters. Which, which, which is funny because I'll just say now, right? Like the story itself is very innocent and very monsters. Like I can see a lot of those subplots, be, subplots being on the show, but between the budget and the cast, like they just couldn't pull it off. Like the original cast was iconic. Herman and Grandpa were iconic. And yeah, Herman was one of the most memorable classic TV characters yeah. for me. I mean, honestly, his laugh, his expressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we got tonight was some sort of bad. It wasn't even an homage. It was a parody. It was parody. It was and that's the thing, right? Parody. Like the original show is campy. You can't call that writing great. Like, so I don't. I don't even blame the writing so much because I think none of those put, shows were great writing. Right? I think if you put like the original cast in something like this, it would have worked a lot better. But these, 100%. they were just parodies of the characters and that mm-hmm. made the whole thing seem like a parody. But we'll get into that. So let's get into the cast. So playing Herman Munster uh, was Sam McMurray. You will know him as Doug on Friends, Chandler's boss, who he always had the annoying laugh with, that Monica. Bing! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bing! <laughs> um, he was Dick Schreiber on Freaks and Geeks. He was Supervisor O'Boyle on The King of Queens. Uh, he's on the CBS sitcom Mom as Ned. Like, he's one of these people you've seen a lot of sitcoms, right? He was actually, mm-hmm. speaking of the Addams Family, in the movie Addams Family Values as Don Buckman, who was one of their neighbors, I believe. Um, okay. Okay, that I think I remember that. So he, this is a guy you will have seen in something before, and he's not a bad actor, but awful, awful Herman Munster. I would have and, seen him as Herman, okay. Herman Munster. I would have, I didn't recognize him, I'll be honest. And like, we just, the for, just the look of him, it's like he's in an oversized, like, Halloween costume. He doesn't even look like he fills out the costume. His head looks so small no. on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so I said this movie was a sequel. Now, who played... Herman Munster in Here Comes the Munsters the year before was Edward Herman, who you'll know as Richard Gilmore from Gilmore Girls, who made a better Herman Munster. He definitely looks more like him. But uh, again... So Herman played Herman? Yes. Pretty much. But again, the uh, makeup job and made it come across as parody, the small budget. And the reason he wasn't brought back for the sequel was he requested a raise so the producers cut every other cast member's salary, so they quit. So they just decided to get rid of the whole cast and recast all the parts. Gosh. I really like Sam McMurray in King of Queens. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I like him in Friends too, as the as Chandler's obnoxious boss. So, so I'm looking at the Here Comes the Munsters, and I don't know what they did differently, but he looks more like Herman Munster. Still a cheap version, though, of Herman It is, but it was still better than what this one was. Yes, that's for sure. I mean, I think if you look at Edward Herman, he kind of has that square head already, honestly. <laughs> but uh, a compliment. What's his, what's his name's wife? Christine Taylor. Ben Stiller's wife was Marilyn Stiller from some Munster. So huh. better cast all around. Playing Billy Munster in our movie tonight was Anne Magnuson, 
She was a founding member of the 1980s band Bongwater. She starred in the ABC sitcom Anything But Love. Her film appearances include The Hunger, Making Mr. Right, Clear and Present Danger, Panic Room, and One More Time. I don't really know her. Do either of y'all? Her face was familiar, but I don't, you know. Uh, she was just, told you. for our more recent TV viewers, she was just in Star Trek Picard. She was on the DC show Titans, the Amazon show The Man in the High Castle. She was in an episode of Modern Family. So she's been in stuff recently. It's just I wouldn't know her to see her, honestly. Mm -hmm. Although she was described by the New York Times in 1990 as an endearing theatrical chameleon who has as many characters at her fingertips as Lily Tomlin. Though, whew, Lily Munster That's is not high one praise. of them. <laughs> Lily Munster is not one of them. <laughs> she was a totally odd Disney princess version of Lily like yeah like her hand gestures were yeah very, yeah very Disney very princess I, I and Lily never did that right she didn't walk around like that. I don't think so I don't remember that no she, didn't. she had some grace about her but she wasn't like actually Snow White I mean right I mean she was always the mom in the show right like Herman and Grandpa yeah. were overgrown kids she had to always rein in but yeah, <laughs> that's fair <laughs> Uh, speaking of Grandpa, who I think was the worst of our main cast, quite clearly, mm. quite, because he was my favorite on the original show, uh, Sandy Barron plays Grandpa Munster. Sandy Barron, as in like Sid and Nancy Sandy Barron? Yeah, that one. Yes. The Mike yeah, Douglas show him. for 10 years as himself. Munsters Today, which is the short-lived Munsters reboot in the 90s. He played somebody named Yorga. He's in the Tracy Takes On series. He's a recurring character in Seinfeld. He was Jack Compass. Uh, yes, okay, Sid and Nancy. Okay, yeah, that's right. Never mind, take that out, because I had to go back and look. I'm like, he was not, because I saw I had a picture of him on his thing. as Sid, He was not Sid Vicious. Gary Oldman was Sid Vicious. Okay, that's why it makes more sense. And he, he was, was in, in the incredible Leprechaun yeah. 2. Oh, God. He was awful. <laughs> he was awful. I'm, I mean, he deserves a Razzie for this role. His makeup, to your point, Tom, it looked like it was running the whole time. But not only that, that fake prosthetic nose they gave him looked oh. like it was going to fall off his face. Yeah, I, it I like almost jangled around. Every time he turned his head, you would see skin. His Ugh. skin color. And I'm sorry, but to follow him up with Al Lewis, who I don't know if y'all know this, Back in the uh, 2000s, in the Ralph Nader Green Party days, Al Lewis ran for governor of New York as a Green Party candidate. What? Oh, if only I could have voted. I would have voted for Grandpa Munster. Just for his potions alone, he could have fixed this country. How could he not win? I don't understand. <laughs> I always loved Grandpa's uh, mishaps on the original show. Like one episode that, for whatever reason, sticks clearly in my mind is when they were on a camping trip. And he gets annoyed at the family and turns himself into a wolf, but then can't change back. And he yep. gets picked up by the pound, and Herman has to break into the pound to get him. <laughs> I, I love that one. Because the poor guy from the pound walks in as Herman's talking to him through the cage, like, well, what do you want me to do, Grandpa? So it looks like this lunatic just as Frankenstein's <laughs> monster talking to a wolf. <laughs> at that point, you let, you let him do whatever he wants. Playing the quote-unquote ugly cousin Marilyn 
is Elaine so Hendricks. Funny. Oh, I love that gag. That's always one of my mm. favorite gags. Um, you will know her from 1998's The Parent Trap as the evil fiance. Remember, oh, what was her name on that? I forget. Uh, Mer- Meredith. Meredith. Yep. That's uh, what I know her from most. Mm-hmm. Although she was in a Christmas movie on ABC Family, an original ABC Family Christmas movie starring Kelsey Grammer as Santa Claus called Mr. St. Nick from 2002. Add this to our list right now. You think this movie was bad? I'm just warning you. We'll add it, but ooh, boy. <laughs> I want to see. I don't care. I want to see. I want to. I, I absolutely 100% want to see Kelsey Grammer as Santa Claus. Uh, what else is she in? She was in uh, Inspector Gadget 2, the 2009 documentary film, What the Bleep Do We Know? So with her character in the other episodes, she's very pretty. You see that she's pretty. Everybody thinks she's like this beautiful woman. In this one, I thought uh, like her family. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like we all think she is. Her <laughs> she family is on the it. inside. Yeah, that's what I keep saying. Like, beauty's not beauty's not only on the outside. But in this, they sexualized her far too much for my liking. With the elves. I mean, we'll get to those elves, but yeah. And and it Beetle. makes you want. It makes you wonder. Like honestly, if they did a show like Monsters today, would she be sexualized more? Honestly, uh, just at the way the world is, probably. But I think probably post me sad. too, maybe not. Hopefully, post me too, not maybe not. Well, post me too, would they even do the whole ugly running joke? I think they would. It's a funny. I mean, it's a funny shtick. I mean, one thing, and we'll get into this when we talk the plot about this film, is they carried over a lot of the funny running gags from the show. They at least made they did, and they found a great way to make them not so funny in this one. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They took. They found a way to take gold and uh, turn it into a pile, a steaming pile of dog poo. You're right. And, I gotta play, it. and playing the last member of our monster family, Eddie Munster, is Bug Hall, who was best known for playing Alfalfa in the Little Rascals 1994 movie. What? He was so cute. Even he was Alfalfa. His even though did not do it for me. <laughs> Is there anyone else worth worth mentioning? I guess Santa Claus, right? Santa Claus, which I know you guys are going to push back on me, but I stand by it. And I said this on Facebook, too, in our group. Santa Claus, to me, was a bad, bad mix of two of my least favorite Santas. The A Christmas Story Santa and (laughs) Ernest Saves Christmas Santa. Sorry. Uh, For me, he just felt like, all he felt like to me was like a mall Santa. His costume, yeah. his appearance, everything just felt very low budget. Mall Santa. Yep. He had a little bit of Christmas story Santa too, like a little creepy factor yeah, it's to ca- him. Ca- I kind of that, that beard, the beard or something. Yeah, I'm not going to push back on that Anthony at all. And he was played by Mark Mitchell, who's an Australian actor and comedian, best known for his character, Khan the Fruiterer. Fruiterer. Who would ever call it? Why would somebody cast an, Aus- an Aussie as Santa? Good night. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just going to let that go? <laughs> I agree with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Be> ridiculous. <laughs> and that's all. That's our main cast, right? And there are other characters like the neighbor and elves and stuff, but they're not important enough to go into them. So... 
Like I said, this originally aired on Fox on December 17th, 1996, acquired by ABC Family, and was added to their 25 Days of Christmas lineup December 2009. So I must have seen it later than I thought. But before that, it was shown on Fox Family every year. Oh, no. It was previously shown on Fox Family, which turned into ABC Family. Okay, so it was always on that channel. So, the monster scary little Christmas. Why don't we get into the plot here? Essentially, Eddie Munster is being bullied in school. He's homesick well, for... I think the bigger issue is that he's moved to America from Transylvania with no carryover hold-off accent or real remnants of Romanian culture at all in their lives. And he's homesick, right? He is homesick. He's homesick. But why is and there because... nothing Romanian at all about their about them if they just moved here there are no references to anything romanian which feels like a, a real swing and a mess not to, not to defend this movie but was there any on the original show either well but it wasn't such a big deal that they just moved here in the original was it i guess not i don't know i mean we know from the remake that nbc is currently developing they're moving from the west coast to the east coast hmm. they're setting the show in modern day brooklyn and putting it amongst the hipsters Oh, God. But Eddie is homesick. And because he misses his family in Transylvania, he's not looking forward to Christmas at all. Which bothers the family, because as Herman says, he's the only person who likes Christmas more than he does. So Herman and Lily and Marilyn and Grandpa, being the lovely family members they are, come up with a plan on the blackboard how to make Eddie's Christmas more enjoyable. And for the most part, it's the most obvious answers anyone could think of. Like, I don't know why they had to have a family meeting writing all this down. Herman's idea was get him a good present. Uh, Marilyn's idea was inviting family over for Christmas. Both, uh, both obvious things. <laughs> Lily's was get him involved more in the community, enter the house in the decorating contest. Which I'll say right now, that was probably my favorite plot line, just because the monster is doing a decorating contest. You know, that seemed like right out of the show. Yeah. And Grandpa, of course, says they're all thinking too small. He's going the mad scientist route. He's going to make it snow in LA with his magic, his potions, which again seems a very Grandpa thing to do. Well, yeah. and I. And honestly, it all seems like very monster things to do. Like I said, I could see this on the original show. So Herman takes a bunch of odd jobs because he's, he works at a funeral home and they won't give him an advance to buy Eddie an expensive uh, haunted Transylvanian Christmas toy he wants. So he takes odd jobs, donating blood, which you see they have to use a million different needles to penetrate oh my the skin. Gosh. Uh, and then when they get the blood out, it's green. Uh, he tries wrapping gifts at the mall and constantly crush, crushes the gifts because it's uh, inhuman strength. Uh, my favorite is when he tries to become a nude model for art oh my class. Gosh. That was horrifying. He screamed and ran away. <laughs> How hilarious. When he dropped his robe and you saw nothing, obviously, and everyone screamed and ran away. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You can only imagine, right? Because clearly Grandpa has sewn this guy together through odds and ends body parts. So who knows what's down there? But uh, so he's trying all these odd jobs to make money. And uh, one of the running gags that carried over from the show that I liked is that 
everyone is terrified of Herman Munster and he just does not understand. Like he thinks it's always something else, which I really appreciated. Like that, I love, that comes up a lot with all the carolers in this one. That's one yeah. of my favorite parts about this movie. Every time he opens a door, he just wants to, he just wants a song and they all run away. Like I love when Marilyn, the guy who finds Marilyn cute shows up and Herman answers the door. He's like, please, please, please. I won't interrupt you. I just want somebody to finish the song for me. <laughs> and I found that really funny. That was very Herman was Monster. Funny. So while Herman's doing this, uh, Lily enters this very prissy neighborhood decorating contest um, against a neighbor who's won six years in a row and takes it way too seriously. And I think everybody knows a neighbor like this in their neighborhoods. <laughs> I mean, she reminded me a lot of the neighbor in Bewitched and the neighbor in ALF, like the very nosy, constantly spying on the neighbors to see what they're up to person. And uh, the monster's design is exactly what you would expect it to be. There's an animatronic executioner chopping off the heads of. What's your no favorite one. part of this? What's your favorite part of the Christmas setup, y'all? <laughs> I like I liked Randolph the rabid reindeer that Eddie came up with. with real dog foam. <laughs> with real dog foam, because the monsters don't cheap out. The Dunking Witch was my favorite. With the halo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my favorite was the the decapitated snow snowman. <laughs> they also had the big spider webs with animatronic spiders. Mm -hmm. And credit to the movie, this looked exactly like I felt this was true to the show. How they would decorate their house at Christmas if they did a Christmas mm -hmm. episode. And the house in general, at least the exterior, looked like the original house. It did. <clears throat> so while Lily is trying to get Eddie to help her decorate the outside. Marilyn is going to mail invitations to the family. And we hear <laughs> that was funny. Well, what you like down seeing the all I like seeing all the people they were sending him to. A little oh, montage like the, where they're looking in their mailboxes and it's and it's you know, classic movie werewolf and yeah. Yeah. Creature from the Black I'll, Lagoon. What was that yeah. green thing, Daddy? <laughs> but I like yeah, I liked when Tom picked up the envelope that she dropped in the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Notre Dame. It was a fan of the opera. Fan of the opera. Or I'm sorry, fan yeah. of the opera at the hunt at the in in Paris. He's like, huh? She must know somebody from the cast. <laughs> <laughs> and poor Marilyn. Like for those who haven't seen the show, she's the only normal looking looking around this family, and she's this gorgeous young blonde, very classy, beautiful on the inside and out. But because her family is all monsters, she thinks she's the ugly one in the family. And so that's her family. No hair, no fangs. <laughs> so <laughs> as she's walking down the street to mail these invitations, you see all these men basically drooling over her, but like, you know, tripping over themselves. And she thinks it's because she's so hideous and out in public. And uh, her, who becomes her love interest, Tom, crashes his motorcycle and... Uh, picks up her discarded invitations, which eventually leads him back to the house later on. And while Lily, while Marilyn's doing that, Grandpa is first getting drunk down in the dungeon. I mean, just wasted constantly. He wasn't like that in the show, was he? <laughs> no, I didn't no, think so. No. Like, did any of them even drink in the show? Like... It was the 60s, Anything I doubt that it. would be I don't think so. Yeah, alluded to being no. boozy. Like, he was very boozy. Like, when Marilyn comes home right after that and asks, Grandpa, am I ugly? Or do you think there's a chance I'm beautiful? And 
he gets all awkward and says, oh, well, you are on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's mixing a cocktail and she's like, what does that do? And he says, this is to help Grandpa escape from reality. And he just downs yeah. it. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so bizarre. This whole movie is like a fever dream, by the way. Like, very off-putting. Even their makeup is way too garish. Like, you can look at... I think there's one or two colorized episodes of the original show on YouTube. And obviously they're these insane colors, but it looks much more blended and natural than what they had here. Yeah. This, I mean, it was, it was unsettling. Not in a good way. Not like the monsters should be unsettling. Right. <laughs> so grandpa thinks he's worked out his snow formula, but what it actually does is it transports Santa and two of the worst elves we've ever covered on the show oh. to the Munster home while out on their test run for Christmas Eve. Joey, why don't you tell us about these elves? So I've never seen the movie Bad Santa. I know we'll have to eventually someday, but this is exactly the kind of elves I expect would be in the movie Bad Santa. They are like total purveball, disgusting little elves that are horrible and awful and i hate them so much they're so sleazy so they they're constantly trying to look up Marilyn's skirt they're talking about what hot babe she is and even more crass they're super super excited to be in los angeles well in california um to crash land in california because of all the hot babes and it's all they talk about uh, let's let's go through three so of the things gross. they talk about, right? They talked about nude beaches, mud wrestling, and, and women women's. Well, I'm talking about that little montage about South Southern California and uh, women's bathing suit or bikini volleyball. So Ugh. nasty. They were. Yeah, and before and before this, before Grandpa accidentally transports them to Monster Mansion, they're in the test ride with Grandpa uh, with Grandpa with Santa. And as Santos flying the sleigh, talking about, you know, weight distribution and direction and everything, they're in the back complaining that he's a basically a slave driver and they want a vacation and they want to go to some island with all the women in bikinis, but especially the ones who have all the uh, silicon enhancements. And then they're literally on the back of the sleigh going silicon, silicon, silicon. And I'm watching this like, what the heck? Like, how did this get on TV? I don't know. Well, and, you know, I have a problem with the elves being so disgruntled. I can see them, okay, they feel frustrated with Santa. We could have some funny lines about Santa being a slave driver or whatever. But their, like, flagrant disregard for concern of children of the world, well, at least half of them. I think the elves are the perfect example of why. I mean, it's clear they're trying to do one of these adult parodies of a show, kind of like the Brady Bunch movies with Gary Culver, where they take the Brady Bunch and keep the innocent aspects of the family, but put them in a crass modern world around them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what this did. Whereas you look at show adaptations at work, like the Addams Family and like the Beverly Hillbillies, they stay true to the concept. They don't feel the need to turn them into parodies of themselves. Mm -hmm. They're funny as is. It just put them in the modern world they don't overplay mm -hmm. themselves or the world around them and i think that's where this movie and like those brady bunch spoofs fail like they turn them into spoofs mm -hmm. yep. so they're not fun anymore yep so the elves view this opportunity with grandpa 
as the perfect excuse to get out of Christmas this year. It'll teach kids about disappointment being stuck there. Oh, but that course, just irked me to no end. What else would ever say that? These two. Peter Dinklage, Angriel. I'm going to have some words about the end of this film, too. Just so you know. So, so Herman and Lily initially are upset with Grandpa, but Santa kind of takes the blame. Like, because they, Herman and Lily are like, uh, you know, Grandpa's an experiment. He's an inept alchemist. Yes. And uh, Santa essentially called blames, he, he called an unexpected stopover and Grandpa's trying to get him home. So they kind of cool on Grandpa. They're fine with him. But and Herman is so excited to have Santa here. He sits on his lap, nearly breaks the guy's legs. He's so um, excited. He is so excited. I mean, and that's one thing the original show did too, right? Like he's yeah. this over enthusiastic child, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I always loved in the original show, by the way, how Grandpa and him were always arguing. I mean, their their friendship was like the core of that show, but they were always <laughs> arguing, especially because Grandpa made him for Lily, <laughs> like made the whole thing for Lily, <laughs> reanimated him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just loved how Grandpa was annoyed at him. <laughs> but uh, so the elves view this as an opportunity. They want to stop Grandpa from trying to get Santa back in time for Christmas. So they sneak down to his lab to trash the place. But before they do, they make a potion that's supposed to, what, knock Santa out, essentially? Put him into a sleep or something? But mm -hmm. they mix, they do the potion, they brew the potion wrong and turn him into a fruitcake. Oh, like a dis and it, disgusting, jiggly looking fruitcake. That's not a fruitcake, that was jello. And he still has his belt on, but everything, all his other clothes are gone. No, 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 the hat is still there too. Oh, the hat is on top, you're right. And at first they're horrified. <sighs> but then one of the elves points out, like, well, we wanted to make sure he's not around for Christmas. Here you go. And don't worry about anyone eating him because no one likes fruitcake. Ha ha ha. Hardy har har. So to ensure grand, Grandpa can't change him back, they trash, they trash the place. Now, and leave to go basically, you know, track down Find and, some babes. Yeah. When they're gone, no one knows what happened to Santa. They don't equate this random fruitcake that showed up in the house with the Santa hat and belt on in Grandpa's dungeon. <laughs> Or basement into Santa. Gigantic um, fruitcake. <laughs> Gigantic. Which Herman thinks looks delicious, by the way. Which, Ugh. yeah. And what happens is during the, so the judges come over to Judge Lily's house that day, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, the nosy neighbor sees this going on and thinks she has to, and seems they're all enthusiastic about it. They think it's a piece of art or something, like this scary house so she thinks she has to get them a gift so what she does is steals a fruitcake that is actually santa brings it back to her house invites them all over tea and goes to cut into santa claus with a large knife and Ugh. have everyone eat a piece of him but every time she does do this this thing, this thing like you, it's a weird disgusting squelching scream and it jiggles like jello and like kind of like moves at her, like lunches at her a bit. And she gets into this fight with the, this absurd fight with this fruitcake to try to tackle it to the ground. And the, the judges leave horrified because she thinks she had too much eggnog. Mm -hmm. So she brings the fruitcake back to the house. Completely drunk everywhere. She, 
<laughs> she brings a fruitcake back to the house and shoves it at Lily ungratefully. And Lily's like, oh, twice, two visits in one day, we're making progress. <laughs> and uh, while the fruitcake is in the house, they kind of, this is when they come to realize it's actually Santa Claus, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And now I've done a lot so, of talking. I've done a lot of talking. So, so who wants to Lily take decides that, you know, Grandpa's upset. They go look at his, and they see that his whole place is trashed and he can't do anything. But Lily's got this modern spell book that uses things, everyday things in the home. And she grew up with her dad doing spells. So she decides she's going to bring Santa back, right? And she's not any better of an alchemist than her dad. She ends up turning what, to like a Christmas, a Christmas tree with boots. Turned to a turkey at one point, a, a jack-o'-lantern. Uh, jack-o'-lantern. She's like, I can't even get the holiday right anymore. Yeah. She's clearly her father's daughter. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and she's all over the place. We eventually get Santa back. Well, they go find the elves because they need the elves' help to get Santa back. And so they end up finding the poster that Tom gave Marilyn for his band. And they go to the club. And everybody thinks Herman's in costume and thinks it's really cool. We find Tom, who's on stage playing. He comes down to see Marilyn. They end up agreeing to help. The elves end up agreeing to help, you know, with a little encouragement from Herman. We find out that they have from an elf tossing on Tuesday night. hot babe at the bar. That's why they help, because some yeah. hot babe is like, y'all are total... Y'all are terrible people. Y'all are y'all terrible are elves. Total... I, she's like, she's like in, wearing lingerie, basically. Yeah. And she's like, I used to have Ew. a thing for an elf, a thing for elves, and but y'all are just terrible. Oh, and weird. Like, and they're like, oh, yeah. maybe we are terrible. Let's so go gross. back and be better. Yeah. Be best. So they go... They go back, be best, basically. So they go back, and when they get back, they find they find they have Santa. They Santa's concerned that they're not going to make it on time. The monsters tell them that they will. They don't have enough toys, so the elves hook up this machine to Herman that as he's flipping through the catalog, every toy he looks at gets made. Why they didn't do this years ago, I will just not know. They, did, they just they didn't suddenly, know her many years ago. Why, what, what's special about Herman that they couldn't have done this with? I don't know. Because he has some bolts in his neck. Bolts in his neck. Yeah. So uh, then they realize, oh, wait, we don't have a sleigh or anything. So Grandpa and Herman go steal a sleigh from a yard display. Herman intimidates a cop. They're fine. They go away with it. <laughs> they don't have any elves. You can tell oh, from Tom's tone of voice how exciting this heist is. They don't have any reindeer. So these random like bar biker guys say, "Oh, we'll be the reindeer," and they do so some weird. like so gross S and M. Yeah, them up. there is some real Just shy of a ball gag in their mouth. Yes, um, very uncomfortable. Which very you brought very up BDSM. I have a question for no a family question. i don't know the answer to this i just i don't know whatever you're gonna ask me <laughs> i don't know yeah, did y'all see the modern family finale it was so that felt so bdsme when alex and older said Haley. when alex and Haley have luke like act like a dog luke go in the cage luke like oh, oh that that, was, that so was really weird, weird. that BDSM-y was weird BDSM-y crap it was really weird that was really weird Ugh. anyway they, okay. After this weird BDSM scene, they turn these bikers into reindeer. Into reindeer, and they start flying, and Herman's like, 
you got a lot of extra room there. Could you ever let, you know, and somebody has come along with you, maybe somebody of heroic proportions? And Santa's like, that's a great idea, elves, who we suddenly forgiven and everything is fine again, despite the fact that they almost got Santa eaten. <sighs> and it's all, you know, he's downplaying it. And then he hands, Santa hands Herman a box. He opens it. It's a Santa costume. No, wait, it's a uniform. And he better put it on quick. And they go deliver all the presents. Come home late. He comes home really late the next day. And they're having a giant Christmas party with all of these people like Rosemary and her baby. Yes. And the mummy at their party. That was like one of the few times I laughed was when they made yeah. reference to Ro Rosemary's baby. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I mean, I like Joey said earlier, I like seeing all of their extended creepy family. And this mm -hmm. is something I wish they had done uh, more in the original show, actually. Did y'all ever see that pilot that the Pushing Daisies guy, Brian Singer, did in 2012, 2013? No. Mockingbird Lane? No. Wait, yes, I did. Where they didn't do makeup at all. They kind of looked normal. Uh, but uh, he said had that got, went to series, they would have brought in a lot more of their creepy family throughout for arcs throughout the series. So I kind of wish that had gotten picked up a bit. But anyway. Then their whole family's there. The judges come across come up there across the street awarding the nosy neighbor who's in you know just basically shy of traction uh they give her her trophy for the best house and just as they're giving it to her it starts snowing at the monsters they all decide to change their vote they go across the street and eddie gets his trophy wait 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 wait, wait. did it start snowing because grandpa succeeded because santa brought the snow i think santa did it snow. for eddie so yeah santa and the monsters bring Christmas cheer back to Eddie. Might one say they're bringing Christmas back? One could one say of that. Are supposed to say, one of you are supposed to say, yeah? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm such bringing, a bad joke. Such are a they bad bringing joke. Christmas, they're bringing Christmas back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that I'm out. Great. I did all I could do tonight. <laughs> and that was and we, the monster and we story. Ended. And it was, this was a flaming pile of poo. So I did make note of some of the references to the original TV show that I liked. I brought some of them up already, like fright, Herman frightening everyone, Marilyn always being called ugly. I liked that we got to see Spock in Under the Stairs, even though how did spot look cheaper in this than he did in the original 60s show his eyes looked plastic yeah he looked he did look cheaper and then uh we also got to see which again looked cheaper than the original 60s show the raven clock that pops out and always gives like a sarcastic mm -hmm. quote to the family <laughs> yep uh they made reference of all grandpa's failed experiments i like that eddie sleeps in the cupboard with his wolf with his wolf doll who <laughs> herman that also says good night too Good night, Wolfie. <laughs> I was disappointed they didn't have the Munsters drag mobile, which is famous. Their car, you know? Yep. Yeah, they didn't drive anywhere. I guess budget wasn't big enough. <laughs> um, I do have a question, and I know they did it for the Christmas Carol homage, but what was the hell? Was it that bad CGI talking doorknob? That was annoying. Uh, he was hilarious. He was you the think? funniest part to me. I thought he was so funny. He was really funny, but he looked super cheap. Oh, he, he looked, looked terrible. 
But he was so funny. But his lines, his one-liners and yeah. And just the way he sounded with that bar through his mouth. It just, it made me laugh. I thought he was so funny. They didn't have that on the original show, right? At Talking Doorknob? No, it's just for this one. Because it was supposed to be like Christmas Carol. Marley, Yeah, Yeah, it felt like a Christmas Carol, right? Yep. Yep. But they would totally would have a door knocker that talked to people when they came up to him. Like I said, the best thing about this for me was the house looked like the original house. The -hmm. house felt real to me on the outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the outside. If you had to pick one of them, who do you think did the best job of doing their character justice? If you Marilyn. had to, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Marilyn. The easiest one. The easiest one, exactly. That's sad. I, don't know. I, I just feel like the Munsters do, because it is such a good property, they do deserve their Adams Family movie. A-list I'd love to movie. see them. Yeah, A list movie. I, I would yeah, totally I would watch too. that movie. I'd love to see a Munsters Adams Family crossover. Did they ever do that? <laughs> they, they did, didn't they? No, they didn't. I don't think they did that. They didn't do Dream of Genie or Bewitched either, which is weird because both of those show, all four of those shows, are reactions to each other, right? So I'm surprised they never did those crossovers. Interesting. I mean, I guess different networks, right? Because that's why they came up with those were on the same time as each other, right? Yeah, it's like Marvel and DC, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just weird that you like the Adams Family because the Adams Family would totally have been the DC one because yeah, they would have absolutely been the DC one. (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like all Morticia Adams. I wanted to be Morticia Adams. You wanted men to assault your arm all the time? No, I wanted my man to assault my arm all the time. There you go. I don't get the arm thing, y'all. I really don't. It's, it's a healthy weird. relationship. I uh, They were, well, they were. So Herman and Lily Munster were the first TV couple to share a bed on TV in prime time. They were. In live, in live action. They were. And then Gomez and Morticia really were the first couple on TV that were implied to be sexually active. That was their implied? big Implied? Yeah, implicitly implied sexual activity between the two of them. What is it from movie. the Adams? They've been showing, you know, all those Halloween lead-ins on Freeform and all of that stuff to really push the content. And there's that one clip that is so funny where he says, I've been tearing myself apart about it. She goes, Gomez, don't leave do that. that to me. Leave that to me. <laughs> yeah. It's just so slick. It's just so which, which, by the way, that could technically make our list because that movie's set at Christmas. Don't forget. Yes, I think it should make our list. I think next time. I think it should. That needs to be in October 2021. Yeah, full support. So, do any of y'all have quotes or themes? I think I hit everything I wanted to. Yeah, I don't think I do either. I mean, there were a few chuckles right here and there. I think I think more chuckles than normal because it's been a long time since I've watched any monsters, and so a lot of it was just remembering. You know, he'd throw a fit, and anytime he walked, the whole house would shake, and um, just how excited he can get, Herman can get. It's that thing where he does where he jumps up and down doing the yeah, yeah. the tantrum yeah yeah the tantrum. <laughs> and then when he's laughing too, he does a jump up and down and clapping, and the dust falls. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even just watching him walk around, it brought back really good memories. But I don't, I can't even attribute those laughs and enjoyment to the movie. <laughs> it's the original show, honestly. So I'm going to posit a question to you guys. Since NBC Universal is trying to do a reboot, 
let's take a leaf here out of Todd's cast. Miss Cast, cast, who would you like to see in a reboot? If they were going to do one, assuming you could not stop it. Eric Stone Street as Herman Munster. I'm going Brad Garrett as Herman Munster. His voice, his voice is going to fail so much, though. Herman Munster's voice was so juxtaposed to his size. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm going to say Danny DeVito as Grandpa Munster. No way. He Why? looks like him, aside he looks from like... height. His voice and his manner. But he has that voice. I could totally see him saying Herman, like in that. Like. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm going to say Theodora from The Haunting of Hill House as Lily. As Lily. Mm-hmm. Kate Siegel. I can see that. And Marilyn, Tom, I'm going to go with um, Starlight from The Boys. Erin Moriarty. I can get on board with that. She's got the look for it. All I know is if they remake it, if they do go forward with this remake, keep the makeup, keep the house, and keep the theme song. Oh, they yeah. They can't change have to that the... theme song. No, they can't. What about you, Julie? Any casting? I need more time to think about stuff like this. <laughs> Although there were moments that I saw Herman in this particular one, and I thought about, um, what's his name from The Walking Dead, that died first before Glenn. Oh, Abraham? I can yes. totally see that. Thought about yeah, Abraham. I think the squarishness yeah. head. I don't know. That Eddie Izzard, enough, but... Let's go back to, you talked about Mockingbird Lane. Let's go back to Eddie Izzard as Grandpa. He was a yeah, dog so to did... take on Grandpa. Did you I watch like, that yeah. show? I guess it was one it was, season, right? Not even a season. They did a just one pi- episode. pilot movie for around Halloween and never got picked up. Eddie Izzard was good though. It was a darker, they were trying to do a darker take on the monsters. Like yeah. he constantly had to keep replacing Herman's heart because Herman kept dying. Oh gosh. And when grandpa drank blood, he would get younger. Huh. Was I would say that that Jerry O'Connell as Herman Munster is not a casting win. No. By any Rosie as yes, Lily, I could see that. She's fine. Yeah, I could totally see that. They did a good job with her. But Jerry him. O'Connell just no. Jerry O'Connell. No. Wasn't it Jerry O'Connell? Yeah. Jerry O'Connell. No. Like, no part so, of him. Why? I don't understand. I really question that casting choice. So Adam of Mary Britmas podcast wrote in and told us, I first snogged my now wife when she was dressed as Lily Munster in Halloween when we both worked at a restaurant. So now I have a thing for Lily Munster. I was dressed as Phantom of the Opera if you want a full picture of the evening. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, fantastic. Yep. <laughs> Adam, I will say, if you have a thing for Lily Munster, look up Lily Munster spiderweb bikini. You're welcome. See, now I want to look it up, but then I don't. So, like, I do, but I don't. Then you have that on your computer forever. Something I only saw online. it for the first time on eBay today when I was looking at Munster stuff. Michael, <laughs> I read, and there's a, somebody who's talking about doing a reboot and their ideal casting, and they list Michael Chiklis as an option for Grandpa. Michael Chiklis. I could see that. You I know who would be good if he was still alive? Peter Boyle. Oh, yeah, Peter Boyle. He knew and anything. They also list Alan Ruck as an option for Herman. I think if they could make him big enough, I think that's who I'm going to go with. I could see Alan Ruck. I could too. His voice, his kind mannerisms, his face has the right look for it. Just his uh, the way he can play like an exuberant, happy you know person. I think I think I want Alan Ruck. Hundred percent. Well, I mean, Herman was always that good-hearted soul. He was a child, but he had that really good heart. Given how 
divisive our world is nowadays. That meme of Herman Munster always goes around every now and then from the original show where he told Eddie Munster on the original show, the lesson I want you to learn is it doesn't matter what you look like. You can be tall, short, or fat, or thin, or ugly, or handsome like your father. <laughs> or you can be black, <laughs> or yellow, or white. It doesn't matter. What does matter is the size of your heart and the strength of your character. <laughs> so... Uh, so I will say, talking about this and going down memory lane and thinking of, you know, Nick at Night was was really way more fun than anything about this actual special we watched. Makes me want to go back and watch the original show. I, not yeah, just me that too. show, all of them. No, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think maybe next year we should do a Nick at Night month and pick Christmas episodes for some of those Nick at Night shows we loved. Oh, that'd be so fun. I don't know. The like, 37 new movies that Netflix is doing is going to make it hard to fit in anything else in the schedule. <laughs> I do want to get this year, if we have time, I want to get Jingle Jangle in. Uh, Jingle Jangle's on the list. We always allocate time for Netflix. That's next month. But Jingle Jangle looks really, really good. Did this movie have a Linus moment? I mean, it tried. I think Why it did for end? Eddie. I think it did for Eddie. Eddie was really oh, yeah. sad. He learned that, you know, Christmas doesn't have to be in Transylvania. It's here. It's where your family is. Well, and Lily just comes right out and vocalizes the Linus moment at the end, right? She's like, see, this is what Christmas is all about, son. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, Santa, has, Santa had that nice heart to heart with him, too, midway through the movie. That really started his change, right? Yeah. But yeah, I would say it does. Whether or not it's a strong one, that's another debate. Was this a Christmas yeah. movie? Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It felt it's very Christmassy. It did feel very Christmassy. Even the, the music dark, in the background. Even the dark side and... of it felt Christmassy. Yeah, it still felt Christmassy. So, what would y'all rank it? Scale of one to ten. Which list is it going on? Is it going on an actual movie or is it going on TV? Movie, because I think movie length. because of the length, right? Yep. Yeah. Actually, in what context would she say? Because <laughs> no sense. I, I, no, 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 no. I want to. I want to play this out. I want to play this out. We've gotten lazy with the. That's what she said. So let's let's really let's really dig into this one, Anthony. What context would it being long constitute as a movie and something that she would say? Please leave that in and leave yourself out. I'm going to. <laughs> you know, I get on to you, Anthony, all the time for your cussing on here. That one was well timed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to go with it from here now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Where do I want to put this? Hot piece of garbage. Yo, we got to thank Todd for that. Yeah, we us, do. Todd has added something to our internal bingo. I'm going to go 2.3. 2.5. 1. Mm-hmm. Which gives us an average of 1.93. Which puts it at... Which puts it in the fireplace with all the other <laughs> ghosts of Christmas past we never want to revisit. <laughs> it's not the lowest tier. It's in tier 5 of 6. Hallelujah. Holy... Where's the time and all? A 1.93 doesn't make it to the bottom. We have watched some trash. Bah, bah, <laughs> bah humbug. Tier 6 is our lowest, and that's anything below a 1. <laughs> which oh. has a lot. <laughs> um, wow. So this falls at number 81 on our list. Between Meet Me in St. Louis and I'll Be Home for Christmas. I would rather watch either of those movies than this one again. 
I'd rather watch this over I'll Be Home for Christmas. I'll watch this over Meet Me in St. Louis. Uh, it's more fun. It's more fun. I'll, be, I'll Be Home for Christmas at least gives me, takes me back to my, you know, Jessica Beale crush days in high school. There's at least that nostalgia factor. What, so next week, guys, we're going to hit a big milestone. Next week, we've done more than 100 movies, but we'll officially hit number 100 on our list. On oh, our main nice. list. Because things have been tied up, so we never got to 100 yet. So this is number nine. This is was our 99th one on the list. That's awesome. I'm curious to see what our listeners think of the Munsters Scary Little Christmas. We, where can they let us know what they think of this film? Julia. They are more than welcome to join us on any of our social media sites. Um, and they can get there easily by going to tisthepodcast.com backslash Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook groups, any of the social medias that we're on, Reddit, and chat with us. Come talk to us, our listeners. Um, as we are getting closer to Christmas, I'm pretty excited. It's not just Christmas movie chatter. It's lots of Christmas general chatter also, um, especially in our Facebook group. That's probably more, our most active right now. Um, and it just gets me more excited about Christmas. And I really love hearing from our listeners, um, just everything in general. We've got some really good people. So you can find our social medias there. If you go to tisthepodcast.com backslash Patreon, it kind of opens up a different world. Um, Tom, you want to do a little brief recap of what Patreon is? You can go see a lot of content that COVID has given us the opportunity to record on plenty of stuff to keep you going throughout your days. And after we get off this episode, I have an idea I'm pitching to my co-host here for a little gift for our patrons this year. What? Yeah. If you're big into Halloween this month, another Patreon episode just dropped last week in which I discussed the movie Scream with Charlotte Lewis, Michelle Kidwell, and April Riley, all of whom you've heard on our main show before, and some of you, them on Patreon. So that's a fun episode, so check it out. We have more Halloween content coming later this month, including, if we can schedule it, our first installment of The Batman, The Long Halloween. So speaking of our social medias, we also received one other comment on the monsters in general from Disco54, who wrote... The monsters are poor man's Adams family, and I can't be persuaded otherwise. <laughs> he falls in my camp. But I mean, I wouldn't call them a poor. Say, I wouldn't do that, but I prefer them. So his is an extreme version of mine. I prefer the Adams family. And we got a few other comments as well. Brian Entz wrote, "Here's my comment: How he totally missed boat by casting Sam McMurray as Herman Munster." When you have Earl Hindman still alive and acting. Earl Hindman plays Wilson on Home Improvement. He would have been perfect for the role. Oh my goodness. Not wrong. Michelle Kidwell wrote, I'm watching this and trying to get through it, but none of the characters are working for me. I enjoy, I'm enjoying the house my grand conscious. So then she wrote, oh, Laura, that just got to Herman's modeling scene, crying like <laughs> <laughs> I'm also not on board with the Santa. And she is launching her own podcast, a horrible movie podcast. And she wrote, this might be in the running for the podcast. I can't decide if it's horribly genius or just horrible. I think it's just horrible, personally. <laughs> I'd be excited to hear, to hear genius, good. a piss take on it, for sure. Uh, so we did have a question of the week to think about, y'all. And this is one that we really had to think about, because I remember we were having trouble with it last week. So I hope y'all did your homework. 
Question of the week. <laughs> this question of the week is from our good friend, Gary Blauman. If you had to rank your top three Christmas movie musical scores, how would you rank them? Mine, Home Alone, Disney's A Christmas Carol, and A Charlie Brown Christmas. Cheating a little since it's not exactly a movie. MFXW wrote Home Alone, Charlie Brown, Disney's A Christmas Carol. A then white Duke wrote Home Alone, Muppets Christmas Carol, and The Polar Express. Oh, the score was amazing, regardless of what we had to say about the movie. So who wants to take this bullet first and go? I'll go first. Go for it, Julia. Um, okay, so top choice is Peanuts Christmas. Second choice is Home Alone. Third choice is Muppets Christmas Carol. Hmm. Tom? Top choice for me, numero uno, is also going to be Vince Giraldi's music from Peanuts. Iconic. And the reason I'm going with that is because I can put that into most Christmas playlists and play it by itself or as a total mm -hmm. score. My mm -hmm. second one, I'm going to go with William's music from Home Alone. Mm -hmm. And my third, for whatever reason, I've been compelled all week to say Krampus. Ooh. Krampus has a good score. It's got a mix. It's got the Christmas and the the the, the Victorian era spookiness of Christmas mixed in. So... Top for me, we're all perfect tens here, I think. We're go I'm going to Charlie Brown Christmas. Yay! I was the, the whole reason I was saying that was because, like, I'm going to have to defend this to Anthony. No. <laughs> and I was it setting is. myself up. Oh, that makes me happy. And it's iconic. Oh I, and ever since Julia mentioned that's her tree decorating music, her first choice, mm -hmm. or you put on the special or something when you're decorating the tree, that's it's been yeah. my first go-to when I'm decorating trees, too. Like Absolutely. it's just it's just how it's the perfect atmosphere of Christmas music. <gasps> Number two, also with y'all, Home Alone. The John yeah. Williams music is just incredible. And then I had a tough time with three. I honestly did, but I'm gonna have to go with Gary Blauman's. As much as the movie was iffy, the score for Disney's A Christmas Carol is really freaking good. That was the one thing hmm. the three of us raved about when it was on. If I was going to have runner ups. If I was going to pull a Jerry Davila, I would put Elf, The Santa Claus, and Anna and the Apocalypse up there, too. Anna and the Apocalypse had awesome music, but I think we're still forgetting one. Oh, the, that opening Elf music. Yeah, the other one we're missing from this that really deserves an honorable mention is kind of cheating, but going with the original Grinch. Mm, that was true. That mu the, the, the Who is sitting around singing... Trim up the tree for Christmas. It's all iconic. It's very iconic. This is a hard question, y'all. Very hard yep. question. It seems easy when you hear when you think Home Alone and you and you think uh, Charlie Peanuts. Brown. But once you get into that third one, it gets hard. It's hard. I just I I feel bad at this point not having put. I wish we could expand that to ten. Because I would totally you know put what? Santa Claus, the Elf, oh, the Elf, Santa Claus, Elf, Anna, the Apocalypse, the Grinch. That's four more right there. You know mm -hmm. what? We It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Krampus, I would give you Tom. That's a composer that's, I've never even heard of. I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's also very good. Oh, yeah. It's got some Christmassy moments for sure. For not being a Christmas movie. It is, but I would not put it on a Christmas list for me on a purely Christmas. With the exception, I'm trying to think, with the exception of what's this, I don't think most of the music. I love the making Christmas music too. And Christmas Eve montage. Mm -hmm. 
and the final song where they juxtapose this is Halloween and what's this into the same song. Mm-hmm. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Halloween. What's this? What's this? Must be a Christmas thing. This is Halloween is by far my favorite Halloween song in the entire world. That's my second favorite. I put a spell on you from Hocus Pocus is my first. Oh, that's such a good one. Ellie's been walking around singing that like crazy. Really? She loved Hocus Pocus. Good. She did? Is she like Billy or did Billy scare her? He did at first, but at the end she loved Billy. Because he's so because he's so (laughs) Billy at the end. So kind. He's so Billy. Except the fact that he uses the B word. I do uh, but he uses it well. Like it's does. But I remember thinking like Holy crap. Watching it as an adult, I can relate to Billy more than anyone else. When they wake him up and he looks around, sees he's dead, and then just looks exhausted that he was woken up. <laughs> like, I just, I just feel. <laughs> That's me. And then she's screaming at him, get up, get out of that ditch! <laughs> so, I'm really curious to see our listeners' responses to this. I'll be curious to see if anyone drops a Charlie Brown Christmas and Home Alone from this list. Well, and I want so. new recommendations. Hoping people will bust out with some dark horse Christmas score that we've never thought to look up. And it's amazing and changes our lives forever. You know what might actually make my list of Big Fan to 10? Batman Returns. Because that Elfman had some Christmassy moments in that, juxtaposed with Batman's theme. That was pretty good. Most Elfman sounds Christmassy at some point or another. Yeah, that's very true. He has that, um, yeah, I know what he you're He loves church about. bells. He loves a set of chimes. The man yep. loves some chimes. They're in every single one of his scores. I love some elephants, <laughs> so it works out well. So, yeah, let us know on the aforementioned social media sites what your three would be. The next two weeks, can you believe next week we're recording our last episode for October already? No, it's insane. And next week we're covering The Conjuring 2 the Enfield Poltergeist. Will I understand The Conjuring 2 without watching The Conjuring 1? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, there's a new Conjuring coming out next year. The Conjuring, the devil made me do it. Well, that was the name of the book. I hate that title. Ron Livingston's in The Conjuring? And Patrick Wilson? Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are the main characters of The Conjuring. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they got good chops. They do have good chops. The week after that, we are officially in November and covering Shrek the Halls. Yeah, November is just going to be a fun month in general. Lots of new Netflix stuff, including Holiday, Jingle Jangle, and the Christmas Chronicles 2. And a movie I know Julia loves, Jack Frost, the 1998 version. So lots of great stuff coming up as we move into these final months of the year. And I know we are all looking forward to it because it's been a year, both in terms of 2020 (laughs) as a whole and in terms of what we have covered. It's been a year. It's been a year. (laughs) It's been a year. It's been a year. So get excited because we only have 1,632 hours until Christmas. That's only 68 days. That means we only have one more recording before we're out of the two-month range. Nine weeks. Anyway, do your homework, (laughs) y'all. Until next week, y'all. Bye. Outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. I got 99 problems, but a poo ain't one. <laughs> so I brought me some corn for popping. The 
said that is what she said the porn star talked about how small his hands were haha it actually worked that was a citation not a joke it's not funny when she actually says it <laughs> uh, disagree nine weeks oh he just like took that from you <laughs> i thought i thought that was how you were saying it no i was in the process of saying and that's nine weeks and you stopped oh. my hand midair please go please go let it snow